And so we are overcomers. And uh, this morning, I want you to uh, be excited about us being overcomers. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. This is what it states in this particular chapter, in this particular scripture. Uh, this is uh, uh, John speaking here, and he says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. Now listen, if you ever hesitated to uh, come unto the Lord or to pray unto God, these scriptures will actually lift you up to a point that says, Look, listen, we have all confidence when we approach God himself. Okay? So this is the confidence we have in approaching God, which is prayer. That if we ask, what? Something? Almost? But if we ask anything according to his will, he, what? Hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Amen? If we ask according to his will. You know, one of the most important privileges that a believer has to obtain uh, through the redemption of God's only son, Jesus, is the freedom to communicate to the Father through prayer. Amen? Now, if the prayer is truly sincere, uh, according to His will, God's Word states that He hears us. How many of you guys have ever said a prayer and says, I don't know if God heard me. I've been praying this prayer. I've been going through this. I've been asking God, can I tell you, if you pray according to His will, He will hear you. Do you remember the time, I think it was Daniel? that was praying, and it says that before he even finished praying, an angel was already there. And he says, and he, and he looked up, and he got scared, and he says, oh my, you know, you know, and he says, hey, don't be afraid, but while you were praying, your prayer was already being answered. Isn't that amazing to know? That if we pray a prayer that is God's will, not man's will, not my will, but his will, he will hear you. That's exciting to know. I'm giving you some insight here, some truth, that when we pray, we need to pray His will so that He can hear us, that He will answer our prayer. Now, the only problem is that many of us see God as a vending machine. How many of you guys have ever been to the vending machine over here, right? You kind of know what you want, but when you get there, then you kind of change your mind, Right? And you select different things and whatever is going to be appealing to you or whatever you're hungry for, whatever it is. If it's a, if it's a soda, some type of soda or a Coke. I, I haven't had a Dr. Pepper in a while. But every once in a while, I get in that mood. I say, you know what? I'm going to drink a Dr. Pepper today. And I make my choice. And many of us, we see God as a vending machine. We tend to pick and choose only what benefits our lifestyle. We have a tendency to sometimes make prayers that way. We have a tendency to pray only what, what's going to benefit me and, and us and, and not really bring Him honor and glory. And we're not really praying His will, but we're praying, My will, Lord, be done, not yours. So, what is a prayer according to His will? Now, listen to this. This is the list I'm going to give you. 
This is a prayer according to His will that when we pray, that we live a life of humility. That's a prayer according to His will. That we would be humble, that we would humble ourselves enough that, that, that we're able to help somebody in times of need. That's a prayer uh, under, uh, according to His will. That we pray for the sick and the weak at heart. That's a prayer according to His will. That we develop patience. That's a prayer according to His will. That we hear uh, where He leads us, he will, we will follow. Amen? Not where I will go, He will follow, but where He leads me, I will follow. That's a prayer according to His will. That we help feed and clothe the poor. That's a prayer according to His will. That we learn to be more like Him. That's a prayer according to His will. That we totally depend only solely on Him. That's a prayer according to His will. You guys should be getting excited here. That we develop a stronger faith. That we won't be so quick to judge. That we desire the power of the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. That's a prayer according to His will. That we overcome sin and temptation every day is a prayer according to His will. That we will be the light to our Jerusalem, our community, our work, and our families. That's a prayer according to His will. That we learn to love one another, including our enemies. That's a prayer according to His will. That's a prayer that will help us, or according to His will, that He will grant us. Well, Pastor, what about prayers on prosperity? What about prayers on, on favor and having favor upon, my, that God would have favor on me and, and, and that I would have prosperity? What about a prayer for vengeance, Lord? You know that they hurt me and they hurt me bad and I am your child and, and I, I just want you, you know, we sound almost like, uh, uh, who was that that was supposed to go to Nineveh? Jonah, just wanted to know if you guys knew your Bible stories, all right? Jonah wanted, Lord, just to destroy Nineveh. Lord, why even waste my time? Why even waste their time? Just, just do away with them. They're so evil, right? And, and, and Lord, what, you know, Pastor, what about prayers for vengeance and things? Now, the majority of the time, this type of prayer is usually made to benefit self. And it doesn't really bring God any honor or any glory in any way. Isn't it true? That when we pray for prosperity, it's, got, it's because I want more. But God says, if you were to pray that you want more so that you can give more, then I will hear you. If you want me to, 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 to uh, actually uh, bring favor in your life, well, the favor that I give you is so that you can, some, you can somehow, some way, Utilize it to help someone else out. You see the difference here? So when we pray, it must be sincere and according to His will. So for the next four weeks, 
I'm going to be uh, dealing with the, the, the topic of prayer, if you haven't noticed by yet. Which will lead us to the National Day of Prayer, which will take place Thursday, May the 7th, uh, here at Trinity Abundant Life Church. So I want to prepare you for that day. I want, to get you, I want you to get to a point in your life that how important prayer is in our everyday lives. And, and if you don't take the time to pray daily, hopefully by the end of four weeks, you will, you will be at that point in your life that says, you know what, I've got to pray daily, not just for my food. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. Or how does, how does Liam say it? God is good. God is great. Let him thank you for this food. And amen. Dig in. I'm talking about good, you know, strong prayer. That daily you take time out of your schedule because you're so busy to say, God, I know that I've got a million things to do, but I'm going to take this time. I'm going to kneel before you. I'm going to go into my closet and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to be sincere and I'm going to pray your will, God, not my will, but your will in my life. Now, listen, there's a slight twist with the, the, the series or the topic that I'm going to be ministering. But hopefully everyone here who's listening, uh, and, and of course those, of course, that will be listening through uh, media later on, uh, I pray that you're able to grasp the true concept of the power of prayer. Can I tell you, there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. Ask my children. Ask them every time that they went out on a date or someplace. And I pray, God, I pray that if they're out there doing something they're not supposed to do, that they would have a miserable night. And they'd come home and says, man, it was so bad out there. You know, I just didn't have a good time. And I says, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Prayer is powerful. So for the, uh, the four-week sermon series that I've entitled... Uh, to start off with today, is the dangers of prayer. The dangers of prayer. Now, most uh, individuals who take the time to pray according to God's will uh, are in, in reality placed in a very dangerous situation. When you take the time to honestly take time to pray God's will, can I tell you that you're in a very dangerous situation? You are. So dangerous that it could actually make your life extremely exhausting and uncomfortable. It could make your life exhausting and uncomfortable when you begin to pray. You know, uh, there was a time when I worked at a semiconductor uh, company here in Austin. And uh, uh, there were many times that I found myself in a very dangerous situation. I... I uh, after being there many years, uh, I've always been a person that, I, you know, I, I love to go where all the action is at. And since in semiconductor companies, there's, uh, we worked in the fabrication area, and uh, we, we used a lot of uh, different types of acid uh, to be able to clean uh, either the machines or, or, or the quartz that was used uh, in the furnaces to be able to develop uh, the, the, the microchips and wafers uh, that... that are utilized in your phones and everything else that you have. And uh, I joined the ERT team, which is an emergency response team. And uh, every time uh, there was a, a spill or acid spill, uh, we would have to go and, and uh, I would have to put on the whole suit, the whole encapsulated suit, 
with uh, the oxygen mask and everything and the gloves, and I had to prepare. And I would put myself in a dangerous situation because as I was there cleaning, if anything was open in my chute, the acid would either come in, the, 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 the fumes, and I could get very sick or I could get very ill. And uh, there was one particular time that uh, I worked uh, uh, cleaning courts, and uh, I, I, I would put on a gown, and uh, there was a, a huge tank in front of me, and uh, we would actually, by hand at this time, uh, we would fill the tank uh, with acid. And uh, so we used hydrochloric acid, we used uh, uh, nitric acid, for those of you who know what, you know what types of acids are out there, uh, and uh, hydro hydrochloric acid uh, is an acid that uh, it, it feels like water, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't sting you, it doesn't burn, but what happens, it actually gets absorbed into your skin and it begins to eat the bone marrow in your bone, so it works its way from in out, okay? So uh, putting myself in a dangerous situation, uh, we used to use the plastic acid gloves and the company decided to think, you know, we're going to save some money and those gloves that you guys use, we're going to take those out and get them refurbished, get them cleaned, and they're going to send them back. The only thing we're asking from every employee is to please put air in the glove, dip it in water, make sure there's no, no bubbles, right? No holes in it because you're, you're messing with acid. So uh, I, we did that for many times. And of course, you know how many of you guys know that sometimes we get lazy? So I put on some gloves and I'm going there and I'm pouring hydrofluoric acid and uh, we, we, I place the quartz inside the tank and we have to roll... Uh, the, the piece of quartz in the acid. So while as I'm rolling and I'm lifting my hands, there's hydrofluoric acid running down my sleeve this whole time. Okay? Now, I didn't feel it until my glove felt wet. Now, again, it doesn't burn right away. So I, I said, oh, no. So I take my glove off, and sure enough, I had hydrofluoric acid all over my arm, all over my forehand. And I go and I rinse for about an hour on my hand. Then I go to the nurse's station and I tell them what happened. I told them what happened, and they rinsed me for another hour, okay? My arm looked like a prune. Uh, that's how much rinsing they did. Now, the nurse says, if anything happens, if you begin to feel any kind of pain, come back, okay? Because we need to give you, some, some, uh, we need to give you something else for it. So they put some, some, uh, some ointment on me, and as soon as I walked out the door, I don't know what, uh, what, uh, 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 what do you call that? Uh, when your bones hurt, what is that? Uh, arthritis. I don't know what arthritis really feels like, but my whole arm began to ache. And I stopped and I says, ow, this hurts. And I walked back and says, it began, it started, she says, okay, we're going to have to send you to the emergency. I had to go to the emergency, got to the emergency room. They took me to the back and they says, okay, we're going to have to wash and rinse your arm for another hour. So, oh God. Okay. So there I'm, but it, by this time it's really hurting. My arm is hurting. And the doctor's explaining to me all the things that are happening. He says, well, what's going on is it's attacking your bone marrow and it's eating your bone marrow. And that's what's causing the pain. And in order to, to, to withdraw that out, we're going to have to give you some cortisone shots, okay? And I says, okay, but please, you know, do whatever you need to do. So as he takes me back to the back to make a long story longer, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting and, and, he's, and he's preparing all these things and I see this long injection, okay? And I'm looking at it, and he looks at me, and he kind of smiles. And then all of a sudden, there's nurses that are coming around me. And I'm asking him, are you doing some kind of a training class or something? And he says, uh, no, really, they're here to hold you down. I said, why? He says, because 
we're going to have to give you shots in every finger, underneath every fingernail, all down your arm, all in your palm, all in your forehand, in order to take care of what's going on with you. I was like, really, no. And he goes, yes. So he got the needle, and he says, you ready? I says, yes. So he put it underneath my nail and began to shoot and move every nail and everything. Right? Just to make you guys know that I put myself in a dangerous situation. <laughs> I had to get over 40-something calcium shots that day and go back the next day and do the same thing. So never put yourself in a dangerous situation. Okay? And I'm better. So I've got a bionic arm. So this, this arm, you can hit it with, you know, it doesn't hurt. There are dangers in prayer, my brother. You know, in the book of Daniel, we find a group of four young men whose lives are in danger to the point of death. If someone cannot interpret what the king's dream is, they will be put to death. If you've read the story in Daniel. In chapter 2, Daniel has the audacity to ask the king for a little time. Now listen, during that time, you just didn't go up to the king and say, Hey, listen, uh, by any chance... Can you give me a little bit more time? There was just, that, was, that just didn't happen. But God was with Daniel during that time. And he put himself in a dangerous situation. And he goes before the king and he's standing and says, Look, king, if you give me a little time, I, I promise you that when I get back, I can interpret the dreams for you. Then he goes back and he explains to, uh, the predicament to his buddies. And he urges them to plead for mercy or to pray to God so that the king's mystery would be revealed, so that they would not be executed. It's this type of plead, or this type of prayer, that God knew it would not only spare the lives of these young men, but it would bring him glory and honor before men. That's why he heard their prayer. That's why he says, listen, Daniel, I understand that you put yourself in this predicament, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you. I'm listening. I'm hearing to what you're doing because you're praying my will. And my will is that one day that king is going to know who I am. And King Nebuchadnezzar, once the dream was revealed, he says, you know, praise God to the king or, 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 the, king of, or uh, the God of Daniel. Prayer takes energy. Doesn't it? Prayer takes a lot of energy. Sometimes we're at a point in our lives that we're so busy, we're so tired that we don't feel like praying. But prayer takes energy. And the only way that we grab that energy is through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's by acknowledging that in our lives. Prayer takes time. Doesn't it? I don't feel like... You know, there's some Wednesday mornings that Priscilla says, boom, hey... It's 5 o'clock. Let's pray. Right? It takes time. It takes sacrifice. And when you pray according to His will, supernatural acts take place. And the human acts are totally eliminated. Did you hear what I said? When we pray, supernatural, action, supernatural things begin to happen. And man's action begins to move out of the way. Prayer is dangerous. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Things will not happen because of man. Things will not happen because you, you're, you're a smart person. But things happen when you get on your knees and begin to pray. Supernaturally. Can you say amen? Prayer is dangerous. 
I have entitled today's message, Prayer Ruins Your Life. Prayer ruins your life. Pastor, what do you mean? You know, you're you're confusing me. You know, the Bible says we need to pray daily. How is it going to ruin my life? If I'm praying, how is it going to ruin me? How can prayer ruin my life? Listen, if you want to tweet this, you can. Prayer will ruin your life, but life will honor your prayers. Now listen to it again. Prayers will ruin your life, lowercase. Life, that means you, me. But life, uppercase, which is Christ, Jesus, amen, will honor your prayers. You see, the life I speak of is not the life that I mentioned last week in the book of John. Remember 14, uh, 6, where it says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not the life that John eleven twenty five talks about that he is the resurrection and the life. It's not John 8, chapter, 12, uh, chapter 8, verse 12, where it says that he is the light of life. It's not like John, the life of John 3, 16, for he gives us eternal life. Listen, the life I speak of is the lowercase life, the carnal itself. It's me, man. Listen, prayer will ruin your life. Prayer removes self-gratification. It removes pride, selfishness. That's me, my life. It takes me out of the equation and it puts God uh, for the only answer in my life. It actually changes your course of action and it eliminates the possibility of man to the impossibility only through Christ Jesus. This is some good stuff here, guys. So if our prayer is truly sincere according to His will, then whatever we ask, He will listen. In other words, it's going to happen if we pray His will. Can you say amen? This is why it's so important that you pray or, or, or you understand what you're praying for. Why? Because it will remove your personal gain and replace Uh, Replace it as God's glory. Can you say amen? So whatever you have asked from him will come to pass. Honest prayer will mess you up. It will take you out of the equation. It will take you from you being to depend on me and what I have materialistically and what I've learned intellectually and what I have and and, and all the possessions that I have. So prayer will mess you up. It will take you out of that equation. And when you begin to pray, God comes in and he begins to be the one in charge. Prayer ruins your life. You see, when we pray a selfish prayer, That means in our own behalf, certain things begin to happen to us physically. When we begin to pray things that that are going to benefit me, that that are not going to give God any glory, certain things happen to us physically. Listen to this. We gain selfishness. We do. We develop pride. Our our faith begins to decrease and not increase. We we lack in communication with God. We, we We forget to actually go before God and, 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 and allow Him to receive the glory. Uh, our, our priorities begin to shift. Can you say amen to that? We, we become weak. We become vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. 
We become ineffective, right? We become ineffective just like in the book of Acts chapter 19 where it talks about uh, the Jewish priest and, and, and how they went out and they, they saw that the disciples were performing miracles and they decided to go upon themselves to go and try to do the same thing. And it says that they came up to the de- uh, demon-possessed uh, individual and they began to lay hands and pray on them, right? And as they began to pray on them, it says that he turned around and he looked at him and says, look, listen, the, the, the God of Abraham and the, and, and the God uh, of Isaac and all, I understand who that is, but who, in whose name do you come? In other words, you're praying, but you're praying for your own benefit. You're praying so that you can receive the glory and the honor. And listen to what happened to them in verse 19. It says, Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. Excuse me, all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. You see, when we begin to pray selfish prayers, we become ineffective. That it doesn't matter where we go and we pray, but we're praying for our own self-gain. And it's an ineffective prayer, physically. And if we pray these type of prayers, we're never satisfied, but we thirst for more. We want more. And our love for God grows cold. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says, states this, that even if I'm well educated through man's perspective, but I don't have love, I only, uh, I'm only a resounding gong or cling or a clinging symbol. In other words, my words, my selfish prayer is really annoying unto the Lord. Do you hear what I said? That when we pray a selfish prayer, it's like a, 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 just a, a sound of a cymbal. You ever, you ever uh, I remember when, when Liam first got his drums when he was little. And we went to go visit him. And he would be in the garage and he would be playing, right, just hitting them, hitting them. After a while, it wasn't really cute anymore. It was very annoying. And, and then, you know, you try to watch TV or whatever, and it's like, Right? Can I tell you, it's the same thing with God that when we pray a selfish prayer, it becomes annoying unto the Lord. I never want to be annoying unto the Lord. But when we pray sincerely, listen to this. When we pray sincerely before the Lord and according to His will, spiritually, this is what happens to us. Our faith increases. John the Baptist writes in John chapter 3, verse 30, he says, He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, and I must decrease. Our faith increases. My priority becomes Christ alone. Things begin to change in me, and it begins to change through me and around me. There is a clear path that is set before us. Miracles begin to happen. How many of you guys want to experience miracles when you pray? That when you actually pray His will, that when you're praying for someone that is sick, and God says, you know what? It is my will to heal that person right there automatically, and that person gets up and they're completely healed. But it's got to be His will. 
and our love for God and no other increases. Can I tell you, prayer ruins your life. It ruins your destination. It ruins your priorities. So why do we have so many Christians hesitating to pray this type of prayer? Let me tell you why. Because it's too consuming. It's time consuming. It, it's, it's too repetitive. Sometimes we get tired of repeating the same thing. It's not always answered according to their demands or standards. And last, it changes them. That's why some, there, it's, a lot of Christians are hesitant to pray certain prayers because they don't want to change. They love the lifestyle. They love the acts. They love the things that they do. And it's really hard for me to give this up. I hear it in church and I hear it in class and I hear it in life groups. And I know that I'm supposed to pray and I don't want to pray because if I pray, it's going to change me. And those are the things, those are the reasons why so many Christians hesitate to pray God's will. It interrupts their comfortable lifestyle. Can I tell you, prayer will ruin your life, but life will honor your prayers. Honest prayer changes things. How many of you guys have ever prayed for family members? have actually taken the time to pray an honest God's will prayer. God, change my family. Change my life. Amen. The power of prayer. Prayer will ruin your life. It will. It'll take you from where you're at, and it'll put you in a place where God wants you to be. It takes you completely out of the picture. In the mother's prayer, I don't know how long she prayed, but it seemed that there was really no way out for this young man. But it's during this time that her prayer, her, her, her prayer of God's will, God began to hear her plea. You know, next week I'll be sharing with you uh, a, a list of prayers that will ruin your life. I'll, I'll be going into, into more into deeper details. And uh, uh, I'm not just saying so that you, you wouldn't pray this type of prayers, but I tell you so that you can prepare yourself that when you begin to pray God's will, things are going to change. Things are going to happen. But it's got to be a prayer according to His will and not ours in closing for the first time. You know, uh, several years ago, I began to search uh, and, and pray for the Lord to reveal to me uh, not only the empowering of the Holy Spirit, but to to give me or to show me uh, uh, to be uh, to be sensitive uh, to the Holy Spirit. And I, I might have shared this with you uh, several uh, months or years ago, but I, I prayed this prayer and I was sincere unto the Lord. And I said, God, if it's your will for me to understand, you know, uh, to understand not only the power of the Holy Spirit, but to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, a few days later, man, I began to notice things that were happening around me that I became very emotional. And not only just spiritual things, but I'm talking about uh, I begin to see commercials and begin to cry at commercial times. 
I, I, would see, I, I would see people walking down the streets, or I would be, and something would happen, and I would get very emotional because something was happening. And I was like, what is going on with me? My wife would talk to me, or I would be talking to my kids, and I would have to go to the other room, and I would have tears in my eyes. It says, man, what's going on? And then I begin to remember, and the Holy Spirit says, look, listen, I'm just allowing you to feel a small part of my sensitivity of what people go through and how God feels whenever someone goes through something in their lives and how much it hurts me. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't let me feel this way again. <laughs> You're messing up my life. It ruins my life. And that's what honest prayer does. Listen, when we pray God's will, be ready. Be sure you know what you're praying for because it will ruin your life. Thank you for listening to this sermon by Pastor Mike Pacina of Trinity Abundant Life Church. If you're ever in the area, please stop by and join us for corporate worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 412 Cumberland Drive in Austin, Texas, 78704. If you would like more information, feel free to call us at area code 512-447-4711. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Trinity ALC. Thank you and have a blessed day.